You could look at any existing socialist country, if you don't want to call them socialists, call them whatever you want, post-capitalist, whatever, I, I don't care, call it, call them camels, uh, window shades, doesn't matter, as long as we know the countries we're talking about. You can look at any one of those countries, and you can evaluate them in several ways. One, comparing them to what they had before. And that, to me, is what's very compelling. That's what's so compelling about Cuba, for instance. When I was in Cuba, I was up in the Escambre, which is like the Appalachia of Cuba, very rugged mountains, the poor people, very poor if they were. And I said to this campesino, I said, do you like Fidel? And he says, see, see, with all our souls. He just, I remember his gesture, with all our souls. I said, why? And he pointed to this clinic right up there on the hill, which he had, we had visited. He said, look at that. He said, before the revolution, we never saw a doctor. If someone was seriously ill, it would take 20 people to carry that person because you'd go day and night. It would take two days to get to the hospital. First, because it was far away, and second, because you couldn't go straight. You couldn't cross the Latifundio lands. The boss would kill you, so you had to go like this. And often when we got to the hospital, the person might be dead by the time we got there. Now we have this clinic up here with a full-time doctor. And today, a doctor in Cuba, when you become a doctor, you've got to spend two years out in the country. That's your dedication to the people. And a dentist who comes one day a week. And for more serious things, we're not more than 20 minutes away from a larger hospital. That's in the Escambray. He said, that's freedom. We're freer today. We have more life. podcast that uh, at least attempts to try and dissect propaganda um, but we tend to be doing a lot of other things now these days uh, like just listening and learning things that we really didn't know about uh, which if you listen to the last episode um, then you'll certainly have heard the exact moment when we learned something that none of us knew <laughs> Nope, and uh, we're quite terrified of as a result. Yeah, uh, <laughs> directly. Well, I mean, me so more than you, I think. I live a lot closer, but uh, mm. but yes, yes, <laughs> I've um, I've escaped Turf Island for now. You have. Um, so today we are discussing something uh, with a bit more of a, a bit more of a cheerful outlook. Put it that way. Um, mm. And joining us today is our special guest to talk about her uh, experience and her perspective on a few questions we have. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, hello. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, my name is Valia Rodriguez, and I am a physician and a scientist from Cuba. So I am a Cuban-born <laughs> physician and, and scientist. I moved here, in Eng I moved to England in the 2017, but before that I was working in the Cuban Neuroscience Center, so I was working in science and medicine in Cuba for more than 23 years. That is a long time. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a very long time. And, yeah, I moved to the UK, as I said before, in 2017, and here I am. 
So I am part of this association that is called uh, Cubanos in the UK, where we try to support our, our country and our fellow uh, Cubans from, from here, from the United Kingdom. So that is me. Fantastic. And is it Dr. Rodriguez or is it Professor Rodriguez? I never know what the, uh, well, the naming uh, convention is. <laughs> that doesn't really matter. I, I am a professor, but I am also a doctor. So you can use any of the two. I am not picky with, with talk type <laughs> of thing. You can just call me Valia. That is also okay. Excellent. Thank you so much, Valia. Thank you for joining us today. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, I just really kind of almost can't get over the fact that by far you are the uh, the most uh, the most esteemed guest I think we've had on. <laughs> in, in terms of credentials, for certain, yeah. Um, I'm not not to disparage the other guests. Of no, oh, no, no, yeah, no, 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 come no, close. Not at all. <laughs> um, but yes. Uh, okay. So, I mean, we, we've, we obviously sent um, some questions over and you've had a quick read of them. Are you happy for me to start ask, asking them? Yeah, please go ahead. Fantastic. Um, so, uh, obviously, Cuba, uh, instead of focusing on, gen on profit generating industries uh, or structural loans or infrastructure tenures, much of Cuba's most visible foreign policy tool is in the form of uh, medical supplies and medical personnel. Uh, would you be able to explain why this is important to Cuba? And, and if you know, uh, what does this secondment process look like for, for doctors in that process? Yeah, well, first of all, Cuba is a poor country. So as a poor country, we cannot talk about profit generating industry and in, uh, infrastructure tenures and, and things like yeah. that. And besides that, besides being a poor country, it's also a country that has been uh, with sanctions commercial and also uh, monetary sanctions, financial sanctions for more, almost 60 years, for almost 60 years. So that makes very hard for Cuba to do any type of business or investments outside Cuba, so abroad. So, however, despite being a poor country, one of the main is, uh, things that Cuba focused since 1959 was in training professionals. And one of the professionals that, that has been, you know, um, more trained has been doctors. And that, that started because at the beginning of the revolution, as uh, you know, in the 1959, many doctors left the country. And mm -hmm. so at the same time, we have many uh, health issues. So one of the main uh, goals of the, of the starting revolution in the 59 was to, to have the professionals that were able to, to work in, the, in that new health uh, system that the revolution has at the aim to, to create. So they started training medical doctors. As a result of that, uh, Cuba ended with many uh, medical doctors. So in the but as early as in the 60s, Cuba started to, to, to pay help or to help countries that were in need. For example, the first one was Chile after a earthquake. So where Cuba sent the first a medical, you know, a very small medical brigade to help, to help Chile. And after that, so we started that time of medical uh, collaboration. It was not a collaboration at the time. It was more like medical solidarity sending doctors to different countries, especially, especially Africa, where they were uh, just going to, to, to help uh, 
the different countries in, in that time that they were becoming, uh, you know, socialist republic or democratic republic is uh, and that. So that or crisis, in civil wars, yeah, which of course Cuba also um, uh, assisted them with. Yeah, but yeah, exactly like that. But I am just referring to the medical, uh, to mm. the medical help. Yeah. So in the same way, we also were helping with with t-shirts. So we also send many t-shirts to to, to you know, Cuba. I say we because I, I still feel part of, yeah. of the same. So <laughs> it's a lovely community. I would say exactly. we like for me, I am Cuban. <laughs> so yeah. So then yes, together with with military military help also were doctors and teachers. Uh, they were uh, sent to Africa and, and also Latin American countries to, to help with that. So that type of medical uh, brigades that evolved in medical uh, collaboration. Um, so we have enough for having a system that is well structured in different levels. And so we have a primary uh, care where Cuba health system is, is focused in prevention. So we have a family doctor that is working in, in the neighborhoods and mm -hmm. is doing all the time outreach at the population. Yeah. And together with that, we have a more sophisticated system and the secondary and third level where you have more specialized care. So, but we had enough doctor to continue paying, uh, you know, helping other countries. And then uh, from, for many times that help was for free. So yeah. countries needed doctors and Cuba were sending the doctor just for free. But uh, since the years 2010, I think more or less after the oh. 2010, so Cuba also started the type of collaboration that was uh, where the governments were paying back for the, mm -hmm. the the government that could afford it, mm -hmm. not all countries, government that could afford it. For example, we have doctors in Portugal. So Portugal doesn't need that type of free collaboration, you know, co medical collaboration, or mm -hmm. Kuwait, for example, countries, countries like those. So they were I they were in need of doctors. Cuba could send the doctors that they didn't have, and the government were paying back. For, for that type of uh, help uh, or, or service. It actually was more like a health uh, service that the Cuban was uh, paid. So in that structure, you were asking about the doctor. So mm -hmm. how, the, uh, how this segment process looked like for the doctor. So there has been a lot of campaign, probably as you are aware, about human slavery in, in Cuba. Mm. saying, trying to blame Cuba that are using yes. the doctor like a slave to and send the doctor to work abroad for free and the, the mm. government taking all the money, which is, of, of course, not true. It's just yeah. propaganda to, to criticize uh, Cuba. That is our bread and butter here, is to... Yes, to, to, well, it's supposed yeah. to be. That is, yeah, uh, yeah, is, you know, yeah. it's part of the discourse, the speech when you want to yes. blame uh, someone so you don't have really arguments so you use anything and you take things out of context absolutely mm -hmm. yeah the whole truth you you say part of the truth so how those contracts are implemented so the government is true that the, the countries are paying to Cuba, the countries that could afford it. I, I want to, to stress that because yes. still Cuba sustains free medical collaboration with many countries that cannot pay for that. For, for example, Haiti. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. or you know poor countries in Africa. We even send for free doctors. This is a very small country near South Africa. For the brigades, Henry Reef that uh, give uh, pain, you know, medical help during big disasters like was with Ebola, for example, and now with COVID-19. Those doctors are sent for free and no payment is, 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 is given back uh, to Cuba. So the doctors in those type of collaboration, they receive a, an estipend that allows them to, to live in the country. You know, mm-hmm. to pay for their own food, to pay for housing, of course, because they otherwise they can they cannot survive in as a, as a sort of allowance kind of thing. Exactly, it's a type yeah. of allowance that is not more than about five hundred dollars per month. Mm-hmm. It's not more than that in that type of a free collaboration. So it's an allowance. So in the other type, with the country that could afford it, and and I think it's completely. It's, it's fair. If the country can pay for that and Cuba has the doctor, it's a fair trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Cuba then receives uh, the, the Ministry of Health, health uh, of Health in Cuba. They get a, a percentage of the money that every doctor, uh, that the governments pay for every doc for, uh, for each of the doctors. And the doctors get the other part of the, of the percentage. It is divided between the governments and the doctors. They could say, well, the doctor could get all the money, but they actually, the, the truth is that the, all the physicians that are going to work abroad in this type of paid collaboration, they mm. keep the salary in Cuba. So they are paid in Cuba while they are working abroad. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yes. At the same time, they receive the other money in the country where, where they go. So a percentage of the total money uh, that the, the government pays. So they, they get both. Their salary in Cuba every month, plus the part of the money that the, gover- the foreign government pay for, for, uh, for their work. Ah, okay. That money probably, maybe the government is, the foreign government maybe is paying, I don't know, $3,000 per month mm-hmm. or 5000 and maybe mm-hmm. they are getting 2000 But still, for a, a Cuban going That's abroad and earning $2,000 per month, that, yeah. is a, <laughs> that is a lot. When the salary in Cuba, for example, today, the salary is about 5000 Cuban pesos. And the exchange rate is one pe- one dollar twenty five uh, Cuban peso. I see. So uh, still, it's much more than what they yeah. made uh, in Cuba. So and then, yeah, they they can save that money because actually they are not using most of that money to take back the money to Cuba, and they can then improve their life in many ways. So then it's both. They go because of the money? No, I don't think so. No one goes to fight any disease and they don't go to another country where they are facing other diseases that we don't have in Cuba just for money. They go because they want to, they are doctors and they like the profession and they want to help. But at the same time, they receive a, you know, a monetary incentive. Uh, Incentive, exactly, that help help them uh, with life because everybody knows that the life in Cuba is hard as a poor as the life in any poor country is it's quite sad that um so much of this propaganda around uh, around the uh Cuban doctors exists 
Um, and it's it's almost as if people have sort of forgotten that the Hippocratic Oath is a thing that exists. That <laughs> you know, it's it's quite sad, really. Not only that, there is all this. Uh... You know, they, 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 for example, the United States, they, the government of the United States implemented something that was, was parole for Cuban doctors, mm. where they could ask for immigrate to the United States if they were in working in missions or in collaborations abroad. Uh-huh. So there was a special, a special program for Cuban doctors. For to trying snatch. to make them, yeah, to, to, yeah. to leave Cuba and to go. But the funny part of that, they were trying the doctor to defeat and go to the United States, but they did, they did, did not guarantee to that doctor that they could uh, habilitate or rehabilitate the title and work mm. in the United They couldn't work in the United States. So those doctors wow. that leave Cuba and go to the United States under, those, under that program, Parole, they, they are, they, after they become technicians or nurses or something like that to be able to survive. So right. that's so it's it's real a real step down in 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 terms of technical um, ability I suppose. Yes, exactly, and it's just political. It's not. They are not. It's very hypocritical too. They are not really. They don't really care about the doctor. What no, they they're do not is, concerned about human rights or yeah, yeah their work conditions it's about allegedly. The war, the war with yeah, Cuba exactly. and trying to make everything a case for for the country, trying to point all always to the country. Mm. to have a full scapegoat yeah Yeah, it's a war it's a constant war if i may follow up on that then so these secondment opportunities they are uh voluntary is that right no yes 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 Uh, when the doctor goes uh, uh, abroad they go because they want to go actually they present themselves in the health ministry requesting to be in the list to go abroad so there is like a list. So where you go and you put yourself and then after a time they select, okay, we need 15 doctors for, I don't know, Martinica, and we need 20 doctors for Angola. And then it's on that basis. They don't choose the countries. So the countries, when they ask Cuba for help, then they have the list of doctors that have a requested or offer to be in those missions or collaborations. And then, yeah, they are selected on those bases because they voluntarily went to the Ministry of Health asking to go in those missions. As we call them, we call health missions or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. That's Very that's fantastic to hear. Yeah, so they are um, there for the mission of international yeah, uh, health solidarity. Yeah, there is a, there is like a department that is called international collaboration where the doctors go and request to go abroad to do to work in, in yeah in in, doc, in those type of, of of programs. And they're sort of put on like a, a lottery, so to speak. It's a list, uh, and this is this is organized. It's all depending because it's the country is English speaking, so also depend on the uh, abilities of the doctor oh, about the speaking English. So some countries, for example, South South Africa, when they were requesting many doctors years ago, they even did some tests to the doctor, uh, English tests to see where how how good they were going to fit. So other doctors, they know how to speak uh, French or Portuguese. So depending on the abilities of the doctor, they go to one country or another one. 
Okay, that, 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 that makes that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, some of them request, I would like to go to this country, I don't know, Seychelles, Iceland, or, uh, and then they wait until that opportunity comes. So, oh, okay. So, it also could be like that. that. That's that's quite interesting. I mean, that's a very sensible way of doing it. Now that, now that you say that, it just like, well, yeah, how else would they do it kind of thing. Um, okay, so I mean, if we're happy to move on to the next question. Uh, so uh, Cuban pharmaceuticals are renowned uh, for several firsts, such as a vaccine for lung cancer, uh, prevention of prevention of uh, mother to child transmission of HIV. Um, so why are socialist oriented biopharmaceuticals so important in general? Well, the problem, okay, the problem with the medical industry or the pharmaceutical industry is that they are, you know, they are the other, it's, it's what they close, the close, the, 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 the link or with, with, I mean, it's the close link with health. So any health program is complete without the pharmaceutical industry, unfortunately, because you need medicines, you need new, yeah. you need a new treatments all the time for new diseases. For example, now we have COVID-19, and you can see the important role of pharmaceutical uh, producing a good, not only a good uh, a treatment, but also a quick treatment. So mm. the, the pharmaceuticals are, are very important. So the problem is that most of the pharmaceutical in the capitalist countries, that is where most of them are, they are focused on profit. So they want to make money. So they are not so, okay, diseases are important as soon as if the disease is a widespread. So you have many patients in the way that you can sell a lot, mm, yes. for example. Or the disease is so strange and devastating that you can then sell the product very expensive and then <laughs> they make money. It's every, always, it's about... Uh, keeping patents for being able to make more money and to sell as much as you can for making money. Well, I can't, so, can't possibly think of any current or recent examples of that. Forgive me for being snarky. For example, no, you have COVID-19 and Pfizer. Exactly. Selling, yeah, exactly, yeah. selling a bull a bull for uh, the vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine, that is excellent. It's an excellent vaccine, but selling that in $30 per dosage that is uh, prohibited for uh, for countries like most of the countries in Africa or mm. for countries like mm. Haiti or many countries even in Asia because South Asia because they are poor country yeah. so that is not really accessible it, regard, regardless that also the vaccine needs a special management like very cold temperature mm. that yes, also yeah. makes very hard for for countries without the infrastructure to, to use uh, this type of vaccine. So, but they are interested in making money. So $30 per dosage. Uh, that, that is uh, outrageous, really. It, it really is absurd. I mean, we, so, I mean, in the, in the UK, you tend to see quite a lot of um, 
sort of horror stories circulate about people being unable to afford insulin in countries like the United States. And, and But then you, you do sort of think, well, the pharmaceutical industries are largely responsible for this. And it's not just the United States. They are doing this to absolutely everyone. Yes, exactly, exactly. And diabetes, the insulin has been, you know, produced since when? It's a very old product. It, it's, it's like for, it, it should the, be free. Exactly, free yeah. for everybody to, to produce. A, a, anyway, that is very, it, this is shameful. So then in the same way that health, the health of a human being should be socialized should be as free as possible yes uh, preferably should be completely free because it's a right that you have it's a right to your life it's the, and for having a life you need to be healthy yeah. so in that no same way that. yeah that health should be socialized and free in that way the products that you need to keep your health 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 should be as cheap as possible Mm. And that only can, and I am not saying for free completely because of, of you're producing, you also need money. So you need to, to, to take, you know, uh, to reimburse part of that money or reinvest part of that money in, for keeping the production. But you can sell product at cost, at the minimum price for, for, for if, if your interest really is helping people is the, the, the humanity, you know, the human beings, and to guarantee that, that is the ethical and moral things uh, to do. And unfortunately, uh, you can only guarantee that in socialist countries where the, or in socialist societies where the, 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 the human being is at the center, where the society is the main interest of, of government. Uh, in the, cap the capitalist countries, unfortunately, that is, I think, that is, the, or, or I am thinking in the wild capitalist capitalism, like in the United States, for example, profit, money is 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 what drives and makes everything to move. It's not it's not the, the it's not the man. It's not the the the, mm. the human being. So, yeah. for example, now with COVID nineteen, you have seen like. For example, Cuba or China or even Vietnam, you can see how socialist countries they could put all resources to yeah. war in places. Yeah, to, mm. to 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 they make everything to work in a perfect way because they can allocate resources in the places that needs to be placed. It's yeah. exactly there. There's no private bottlenecking anywhere. It, it, it is all yeah. Exactly. And then uh, here in the UK, for example, where you have free healthcare, that is, is, is amazing. NHS is a, is, a, is a great thing. But then you have all those scandals, what happened with the face mask and all these mm. contracts where so many millions of pounds were lost, all that. The, that uh, is, the, the ventilators, the, the, all the money being issued also, to ventilating companies that, that never produced anything. Exactly, yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. And that happened because of privatization and each company what is trying is to making money and then people are giving the contract to friends or whatever. So uh, that, th those, are, those are the problems that are in, inherent uh, to the society, you know, the, the, the a capitalist society. But in a socialist country, things work in another way. I'm not saying that socialism is perfect. Still, economies are a problem, excluding China or Vietnam economy, that they have found a way 
to to make the economy to work, not in the case of Cuba. So we can talk about that if you want later. But, uh, but yeah, in Cuba, for example, then you have all these capitalist uh, biopharmaceutical competing with each other to see who can make faster the product or for making more money. While, so and you can have then different type of the same products that actually has different names, but they solve the same problem. So you can have, for example, let's talk about something that everybody uses, ibuprofen or paracetamol. <laughs> so they produce that, that they are already, you can find the generics that do the same, yeah. but you can find or the same antibiotic or the same analgesic under different name produced by different companies for making money. So they don't complement each other as in a socialist country. In Cuba, for example, we have, different uh, different uh, in biotechnological industry and they don't produce the same each one is specialized in something different and they complement each other right now during the covid-19 for example cuba was able to to have five uh, vaccine candidates because they were working in collaboration so each of them were, were producing what they were expert in. Uh, mm. uh, and then, uh, so they, they were complementing each other. Why five? So everything started with two, they moved to three because trying to look quick for the best, which one was going to work uh, the best uh, in, 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 in the population. So we ended with uh, five different candidates and that two of them are in in phase wow. three uh, clinical trial and everything says that they are working quite well so we will know the final results at the beginning of next month oh that's think, so exciting yeah it is i think that is what happened with s with with socialist oriented pharmaceutical it is it's about having the people, the human being at the center and trying to solve the problem that society has. What is the problem? So what, is, what is my health, uh, my health, so what is the epidemiology of my country? What is the health problem that we want to solve? Okay, it's this one. This, so the, then I work on, on the basis of that to try to solve that problem. Not about, okay, which is the problem that gives me more money? So I am going to solve that one. Mm. It is another way of looking to, to different way of looking to diseases. One is centered in making profit. The other one is centered in, in solving the problem that is more important uh, or in your country or in the region or, you know. Yeah. Well, so, I, mean, I, don't, um, I don't think you'd have any argument from us here. No, certainly not. That, no, yeah. that's what we're all about. Um, I, I do want to ask you, how are things going with um, Cubanos and UK with the... Uh, the medical supply drive how we are doing yeah well we uh, this time we aim to to collect the same as the last year so we aim to collect about twenty five thousand. excellent um, we have managed to collect a little more than 80, eighteen thousand pounds yes so we wanted to send to the island about uh, a 200, 250 thousand syringes so we already sent 114,000. Whoa, already? 
already yes but we have uh, we we bought other things that we uh, the cuba have requested for example yesterday we uh, sent a uh, fifty thousand cryo tubes uh, the cryo tubes are you know oh, yes. tubes for collecting yeah. yeah for storing the serum from you know from the blood you you, you extract the serum Mm -hmm. And that's it. from the serum is where you do the you you measure the amount of uh, the amount of antibodies. Yes, the, the amount of antibody for the the amount of antibody for for the vaccines for the vaccine in phase three. So we send that for Agdala. So they were needing the cryotubes because in Cuba it's not possible to you know to buy. First, there is not enough money. Second, it's very hard to do any purchase from Cuba because of the blockade. So we did that. We sent 50,000 that they needed for the end of now, the, the phase three of Agdala uh, vaccine that arrived yesterday. But before that, we sent the 200 nasal absorption devices that are for Mambisa vaccine, that is for collecting nasal uh, secretions. Oh, yeah. Because Mambisa is is going to have the distribution, the administration will be in a spray through the nose. So yes. they need to collect a secretion from for the nose, from the nose to, to test uh, the response. So we also send that. So we have been yeah executing the money at the same time that we have been collecting. Yes, I've, I saw. Yeah, your um, your available amount always goes up and down, up and down. <laughs> yeah, up and down, and now we have negative because. Yeah, I was like, "What's happened there?" <laughs> yeah, what happened is that we needed to collect the money for the fifty thousand. Yeah. So we we had a a, a loan <laughs> from oh, from a friend. Someone gave him part of the money, but we need to give back the money. Oh, it's very kind. Because, very kind. yeah, so that is why we are negative. In, I think right now it's only in 200 we are negative now. Yeah, that's much better. So, but yeah. we wanted to be transparent. That is the reason yeah. that we put everything. The money that we have collected, what we already bought, and how much actually we have. Yeah, how much is available, yeah. Uh, how much we have uh, yeah right now, how much is available. So that is the reason that it's negative. <laughs> that is maybe weird. <laughs> I, I want yeah. to drill down on that actually because um, when we often think about um, the the embargoes on uh, Cuba, we often I think a lot of uh, discourse centers it around the U.S. But of course that has massive um, repercussions for how Cuba conducts business with the rest of the world. Am I right yeah. in saying that? Sure. And I noticed that actually trying to donate to this um, going through uh, Wise. If I put anything about Cuba in there, it would say, no, can't do that. No. Absolutely not. Um, but yeah, going through a, a personal transfer, as was recommended on the bottom of the website, that went through fine. Yeah. But it's mm, yeah. truly what shocking. Happened, yeah, it is that no one can deny the dominance that the United States has over you know, the global markets and finance. And how also the, the, the United States influenced the policies of other government. And I am saying that why? Because even my bank that is not West, or mm -hmm. the Cuban and UK bank that is a HBSC, all those banks, if I receive money and that money says something about Cuba, they call me. 
ask. To ask. Uh, what is your relationship with Cuba? So the first uh -oh. thing that I answer is I am Cuban. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. But uh, the money that you receive, uh, what is the relation with Cuba? This money is going to be sent to Cuba. No, the money is not going to be sent to Cuba. Ah, uh, okay. But uh, any goods or products uh, bought with this money is going to be called to Cuba. So they ask all that. And it's an UK bank. Yeah. That's absolutely absurd. It's, yeah. it's outrageous too, because under the, the UK law, there is a specific law that is uh, condemning that, the, uh, the extraterritorial application of embargo. The law is there, but but doesn't matter. Still, the banks, they are scared of uh, fines because at some point, you know, they all of banks have a relationship between them. And we, yeah. I have been studying what is the Even if you send a British pound or you send euros, at some point they are converted in dollars to be sent by wire and then reconverted in the other end. So it's, it's, it's and all that because this dollar is at some point in the, in the transaction, they can be punished or they have relationships with US banks and or chairs or whatever. So they could be punished uh, for the extraterritorial extra application of the US embargo. Uh, and then, yeah, it's very, it's very uh, upsetting. Even, for example, the Cuban embassy here in the UK today doesn't have a bank to operate. So that means, yeah, doesn't have a bank. That means that if you need a visa to go to Cuba or no. you need to renew your passport, anything, you have to bring cash to the embassy because they cannot operate through a bank. That, that is, is obscene. That is obscene. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because the, 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 the UK government should guarantee to the diplomatic representation of the country here in the UK to operate. Yeah, as, the, as should be expected of every sovereign state. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but the case is that no, all banks deny, uh, you know, they, they have been approaching several banks and all of them say no. Before of that, they were operating through having bank but they have to close the account for the same reason. So today they don't have any bank. It's, 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 very, it's, it's very hard. So, and then when we started in Cubanos in UK the first time last year, we were using a platform for doing the crowdfunding that is called Crowdfunding UK. It's a, an excellent platform. It's based here in the UK. It's, it's managed by the UK people, everything. So, but this year, when before Trump leaving the, the administration in last uh, December, my Pompeo, he put back Cuba in the list of countries that are promoting the terrorism, which is <laughs> it's, it's a terrible offense. And, a joke, really. uh, but Cuba is there in the list. And because of that, now we have even more difficulties to do anything. So when we started the, this new campaign to help Cuba with the vaccination uh, strategy, you know, buying medical supply, we started the campaign in Crowdfounder UK. But because Crowdfounder UK used as a payment provider a US company that is called Stripe, ah. uh, they, they closed our campaign and they oh, uh, wow. refunded all the money to, to oh. the donor. 
So then God. after that, yeah, we open another one in just giving. Mm. And then just giving did the same. They close, close our campaign because just giving is a US platform. So yeah, it's very hard because of the embargo or that we actually we call blockade, even if in English doesn't have a lot of meaning. I know that in English made more sense to say US embargo than mm. US uh, blockade. blockade. But mm. we say blockade because actually it's a siege. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it never left. Well, I mean, we've we we've briefly talked about um, historic uh, blockades uh, on uh, one episode we did quite a while ago, um, and, and the the point of language did come up uh, there as well. Yeah, yeah, and and it is the 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 the, the U.S. Um, Navy boats uh, surrounding the islands never really left. Mm. You know, it's a virtual uh, blockade. Yeah, they are, you mean uh, Guantanamo Bay? Uh, no, I mean the um, during the uh, the uh, well, the, the Americans would call it Sorry. the Cuban Missile Crisis, but I believe it's called uh, the yes, Caribbean yes, Crisis yes. in uh, yeah, yes, in uh, exactly. Cuba, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. In the sixty, in the sixty-one. Yes, Indeed. yes, yes. Uh, yeah, it's a siege what we have, and now it's not a military siege, but it's an economical siege. So we are persecuted. Everything that Cuba does is persecuted from the United States. If the banks do or any company that do business with Cuba, it could be, you know, uh, facing sanctions or punishment from the United States. Recently was Melia, the Melia company. That is a, a Spanish company in the business of hotels. They have different hotels. In Cuba, so they were uh, with, um, how do you call that? They were in a trial with, a, oh, yeah. yeah, because they wanted to be punished by someone, a court in the United States, by doing business with Cuba. Um, and it is like that. And they imposed to banks uh, many, many millions of dollars in fines for allowing operations uh, that are aimed to, to, to you know, for Cuba. And that is the situation that we had. So we wanted to help our country. And the way of doing that, so Cuba has now two problems. One is the embargo. Yeah. And the second one is the COVID. That is a problem for everybody. Mm. But the third one is that Cuba relate, relates in tourism. So most of the, the income from Cuba comes from the, tourist, uh, the touristic industry. And now that is closed. So uh, there is a global uh, economic paralysis that even is even harder in, in countries like Cuba that live from tourism. Mm. And so right now also we have shortages of products because vessels are not coming to Cuba, planes are not entering to Cuba, but also Cuba has less money to buy because the money is not coming in. So then we say, okay, how we can help? So for vaccinating unique syringe, everybody has the problem with syringes. So acquiring syringes to be able to vaccinate the population. And there was a shortage of, shortage of syringes everywhere. So Cuba was facing two problems. The, 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 the international shortage of syringes, but also not having the money to buy them. So, so okay, how we can help? So we started this campaign raising money 
for buying for buying syringes to send uh, to send to Cuba. At any point, we are going to send money. We don't send money to Cuba because we don't want either to violate sanctions. Mm. So what we want is that the sanctions are uh, lift. That they are withdrawn because that is what is fair. Yes, that yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, but sending syringe is humanitarian help. You cannot really say that in the middle of humanitarian crisis, that the crisis that we are living now with COVID-19, you cannot help a country because sanctions. That is that that is so unfair. It's um, criminal. Yeah, it's criminal. Yeah. It's yeah. criminal, actually. Yeah. Absolute disregard exactly. for humanity. Yeah. So that is what we did last year with the ventilators. So as you know, everybody were fearing and not mm. having enough ventilator for COVID-19 patients. Yes, yeah. And then Cuba, uh, on top of that, had to face that they couldn't buy a new ventilator because the company that usually uh, sells, uh, usually sold ventilators to Cuba were acquired uh, by an American company. So then they 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 say so those are uh, Swiss uh, companies. They were so now they are American. So we Cuba started with COVID nineteen with this new that okay it was not possible to acquire new ventilators from the company that traditionally used to sell the ventilators to the health system. So in order to do that, they started repairing ventilator, but then the second problem is, okay, we don't have enough spare piece, spare mm. part yeah. uh, for that. So was acquiring a spare part or using innovation. So that is a good thing that Cuban has, that is the capacity to innovate and find solutions for from problem. So yeah. you can see the old cars still circulating yeah, yeah, yeah. in Cuba, <laughs> the old American cars. <laughs> so in the same way, we repair ventilators. But then also some uh, universities in, in, in countries like here, the England and also in, in the United States, they put uh, for free designs of emergency ventilators online so everybody could download it and Cuba mm. did that so but we needed to help so they needed help for buying spare parts and components so and that was what we did we started the campaign to help Cuba to get the spare parts that they needed for for those emergency ventilators so that is the way that we Cubans living abroad, we, we can still help and support uh, our own country. And supporting our country, we are supporting our families, our yeah. friends, yeah. our neighbors. And that's what a lot, that's, a lot of that is lost, I think, um, when, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm an expat, right? I'm uh, an immigrant. Um, I don't live in the UK. Um, but um, I do feel very atomized. I don't feel that there is, like, a sense of community or... Um, I mean, of course, I have my family, and of course, I would do anything for them. Um, but um, I think there is no idea of socialized common good um, in like capitalistic states such as the US or the UK. I think it's mm. much more about look out for yourself, and you know, who cares about the rest, right? Get on yes. top. Yeah. Uh, there is a yeah, there is a, a very Mark Fisher esque kind of attitude in a lot of those countries, isn't there? Mm. Um, but I think that leads. Uh, 
fairly neatly onto uh, <laughs> getting into the questions. Yeah, nice segue. Uh, sorry, you actually kind of already answered uh, mm-hmm. the, the the question. Uh, but uh, what are some examples of of other products in in Cuba that are actually scarce uh, due to these on due to the sort of ongoing blockade? Uh, you, you mentioned uh, the difficulty with obtaining uh, medical supplies and, and parts for ventilators and, and sort of recirculating cars. But but what are some other examples of things that are, are quite hard to get hold of? Well, it, everything. If you look, for example, if one day uh, you look at the traffic of vessels in the in the channels between, you know, they are in the Gibraltar channels, no? Between Spain and Africa, where all vessels are passing, through the Mediterranean to the Atlantic, so they are coming. You can see the traffic. The traffic of of vessels is very high. So it, because the the, the 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 war is is it's globalized. So you are all the time products are moving from one country to another country. So mm. no one is self sufficient. So we need from each other. I mean, when I say from each other, one country needs from another country. For, for other products. So if you can look at Cuba, a poor country with economy that we cannot deny, economy that has problem, has been inefficiencies in the Cuban economy for a very long time. That is also a tropical country. Also what means that agriculture, besides not being effective, also has the problem that has to face the climate change mm. and the, mm. the climate events like hurricanes or dry, very dry season, barely rains in Cuba, but when rains, then we have hurricanes. And then uh, that is affecting, you know, the, the harvest and, and everything. So it's very hard. So we depend on products from, from other countries. So the capacity of Cuba to buy things that Cuba needs and is not self-sufficient in, so it's, 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 all, it's all the time a problem because instead of buying in the market that is close to the island, you need to go to China, mm. to the other, the other side mm. of the world. You need to go to Vietnam because you cannot trade with the more immediate market that is the United States, that is a very Right next door market. to you. Exactly. 90 miles away. Yeah. Exactly. Because... Because we have the, 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 the sanctions, so we cannot trade. Uh, we cannot trade with them, and the, the few products that they allow Cuba to to buy it in the United States because it's interest of them to buy it. For example, the agriculture sector in the United States. Many years ago, they make a lot of pressure for selling things to Cuba. Like for example, and today Cuba acquired chicken in the United States and a little other things. Cuba has to pay in advance and in, in cash without any uh, agreement. And no one, no one in the international market, no one buys in that way. I was going to say very similar to um, how Venezuela is now currently forced to um, exactly. deal with international trade as well. Exactly. And then I was saying, you need to are forced to buy things in the other, you know, in the other part of the world, in China. <laughs> and then, then you have problem with the vessels because the vessels company they know that if they go to Cuba, then they cannot go to the United States in six months. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. in, and, many, and in a big part of the market is with the United States. So they are sanctioned because of that, because they go to Cuba. So then you have to pay twice or three times the price of anything for, for the vessel to come to Cuba. Besides, you have to pay the vessel itself. 
And sometimes even you have the arrangement with the vessel and then they get, suddenly you get a, a call saying, no, sorry, we cannot do that because they receive a threat or, you know, a threat or something from, the, from an American company. So it is very hard. So for everything. But especially, it's, it's especially hard for the medical, uh, for the medical uh, system, for the health system. Mm. Well, I mean, I certainly, I certainly imagine um, that uh, you mentioned um, like food produce earlier and, and, and touched on, on climate change, which uh, uh, people, who, people who listen will know is kind of sort of my, my specific area. Um, but yeah, it, it, it does really... Uh, concern me how countries like Cuba, uh, sp- specifically Cuba in this case, but uh, how countries who are under these kinds of sanctions uh, will Possibly. really be able to deal with mm. uh, climate change because they are being artificially put in a much worse position than anyone else is. Yeah, no, they're not the allowed to grow. Invest, investing in renewable uh, uh, sources mm-hmm. is very hard because then they are poor country. And because yes. they yeah, put exactly. the renewable sources that are good for facing and uh, preserving the nature and that, they are very expensive. And and, and then presumably you get the uh, pardon you pardon uh, uh, pardon my expression, but you get you get the very sort of pompous attitude from uh, sort of United Nations General Secretary Council countries, sort of saying, "Oh well, you can leapfrog if we'll just give you the money to do so." And and as we have witnessed, is is never. It'll trickle down, case. we promise. Exactly. Yes, it, it's never reliably the case, and I can only imagine that for countries like Cuba, where there are so many embargoes and and all of this sort of artificial blockading, um, it becomes so in insurmountable. I can only imagine what what kind of problem that would be. Everything becomes a problem. Everything also because even for producing things in Cuba, you need to buy the raw product, and that mm. is what happened to the pharmaceutical industry. So you need for producing, you know, Cuba produced most of the medication that we use in, in medicine in Cuba. But you need to buy the raw material to produce the antibiotics or to produce whatever. Which and I presume then, predominantly comes from the United States. Would I be right? In exactly. Or from the other, or from India or from mm, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and China, then yeah. you need to go all that way to to import. And right now there is a shortage, a, a very serious shortage of medication in Cuba right now. That is a crisis because first uh, is the this economical crisis. There is no money in Cuba because what I explained before, COVID-19, the closure of airports, mo- much less planes, uh, traveling, no tourists, no tourism, all that. And this is one. And the other one is, uh, again, the blockade making difficult any financial transaction. No banks, no, uh, not able to trade in dollar, no vessels wanting to come to Cuba. Even planes sometimes has problem uh, transporting products to Cuba. So it's very hard. Mm. It's very hard to to live in that way. Um, I, on the, a a positive. Well, I, I don't know if this is a positive note, but um, I speaking of um environmental impact. Um, I saw. Um, a graphing out of um, all the major polluters in the world, um, their uh, level of development based on the HDI, right, um, versus their CO2 output and uh, consumption of resources. And effectively, it was like on the y-axis, it was uh, how many Earths it would uh, take to sustain a world that 
consumed at that country's uh, per capita level, and then HDI uh, value was uh, the y-axis. And actually, the only um, highly developed uh, country, or the highest HDI um, country that uh, a con- you know any country in the world was that consumed less than one Earth, it was about zero point six, I think, was Cuba. Mm. Cuba was the um, the only country that was uh, considered uh, sustainable. Um, based on um, its own uh, living habits. Of course, the um, idea behind the Cuban Revolution is to improve the material conditions of people. Um, but um, I'd say, yeah, just in terms of uh, ingenuity and ability to adapt, there's um, certainly, uh, yeah, demonst- demonstrably a very uh, resilient country in that way. I yeah. think maybe that opens more discussions about uh, economic degrowth, uh, which is maybe mm. something we can touch on in a future episode, but... But, but very much so, yes. Yeah. Do you want to jump on? <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, I just spilled some of my coffee. <laughs> we'll to just cut that part out. It's fine. Um, no, I'm keeping that in. Oh, brilliant. Okay, thanks very much. Um, okay, well, I think that's that's more or less covered um, what we had to ask about, uh, like scarcity and things like that. Um, in 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 excellently, in, yeah, thank in you. Fantastic detail. Um, recently, the Communist Party of Cuba has appointed a uh, new first secretary. Uh, the current president, um, and forgive me if I good mis- good luck with this. Yes. Oh, well, there we go. oh, fantastic! I don't have to say it now. <laughs> You saved them. No, Valley, I was looking forward to that. Uh, maybe next time. That, maybe next time. That butchering. Um, uh, perhaps a sign of uh, changes. What do you think are the most necessary changes to Cuba's system at this point in time? And do you think that the new First Secretary uh, will implement those? Well, uh, change has been, in, you know, uh, if you have been following the news, you know that Cuba is trying to, again, there have been trying to change the economy in a way to make it more efficient. Mm. And the different uh, measures have been put in place now. So there has been a reunification, a monetary reunification. So as you know, in Cuba, we have an artificial currency that yes. was the COC, yeah, the convertible Cuban peso. So that was eliminated because that created also an artificial in, you know, a market where the companies has to pay uh, more to, to the government for actually the 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 the, the, the money that they were actually making, no, when they uh, were selling uh, services or products. So all that, the reunification of the currency and other economical measures like uh, small enterprises uh, allowing more freelance, what you call here in English, you, we call freelance uh, work. Here you call it like private, uh, yeah. mm. small business, not private businesses, uh, and that giving also more freedom to the companies and enterprises to to work and do uh, business. Also, people also could do more uh, uh, business abroad, like finding markets abroad, uh, and things like that. So trying to improve uh, the Cuban economy, uh, learning, implementing some experience from the Chinese and the Vietnamese uh, model, some, mm. not all. 
So trying also to give more, to, to make the economy more dynamic and introducing some, uh, some changes. So that is one of the main um, challenges that the government has after 60 years of revolution is to try to make finally the economy to work. Yeah, after the special period and the, yeah, the collapse of the USSR. Yeah, before the special period, we have a dependence, a very big dependence from the socialist countries, especially for the Soviet Union. That is undeniable. That, yes. that because the way that the, the socialist countries trade between themselves, that created, a, that's, that didn't favor that Cuba could have developed the industry of other type of production. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, be, be, apologies. At, at that point, whilst you, um, uh, Cuba was in the patronage of uh, the Warsaw Pact countries and the USSR, um, to my understanding, was it more of a monocrop economy focused yeah, mainly exactly. on like sugar exporting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, because in, in that model, in that there was common market between the socialist co- countries, each country uh, had the responsibility to produce something for the other. So that makes Cuba like a monocrop. In, it was favoring monoproduction, so it, it was it was bad. It was bad for Cuba. So we had problems that were solved, but when the the, the, the socialist blood collapsed, in, then we found ourselves alone. <laughs> we saw all the products that were coming from the from the socialist uh, from the socialist country. So that was bad. And then after that, we have a, our ally Venezuela. But you can see the crisis that Venezuela has right now. So Cuba has to be self-sufficient in, in as much of, as a country could. So that is another challenge that the new government has, is to make Cuba as self-sufficient as possible. So the thing that Cuba could do by itself without importing, so they are trying to favor that. And to favor also more the national production of other things and export, like we already have the biotechnology industry that, you, as you know, we we are good on that. And we also export uh, uh, our own biotechnology product, even when the pharmaceutical market is very difficult to penetrate. Mm. Because, you know, you know, you have a, this domination from, from very old companies or companies with a lot of money to, to, to all the marketing and placing products in different places. Yeah. But yeah, but also is that also favoring the sport, the, our own exports and um, producing for the, the inner market as much as we can. Those are challenges of the new uh, government that they are, I think they are taking very seriously. And you have in the last month, uh, even in the middle of COVID-19, many meetings and conversation how to implement and uh, restructure the economy. And actually they, they have been doing, they have been uh, doing that. This new government, as if you saw the new government elected, especially the the, the new uh, members of the central committee of the party. So you know that the party and the government in Cuba, they go side by side because uh, the party rules in Cuba. you can see that there are a lot of new people that are people that have been, they were born after the 59. So all the traditional, you know, the commanders, old guard. yeah, old guard is not there anymore. So those are new generation. So I think it could be more flexible. Still, there is a lot of fears in the country that 
you, everybody could understand that if you see the, the, the position that the United States have, you know, has been taking, even, even during Obama administration, because Obama introduced measures at the end, but even during Obama administration, you have the, the economical sanctions and financial sanctions in place and transactions were persecuted and, and company has fined for doing trading a, a, for, tra for trading with Cuba. Mm. So uh, still during Obama, there was a Democrat that, you know, in some way at the end, easy some, some measures for and establish at least a diplomatic relation with Cuba. Everything was took back by Trump and during Trump more than 200 measures were on top of the, on top the of previous, the, the previous measure, sanctions. exactly, were put in place, tightening even more the, the embargo or the blockade and making, you know, the hardships even, hard, you know, worse for the population. So even, even with that, uh, I think probably so the, the changes maybe could be more dynamic for adapting the economy and finding solutions, but still the government is, is, is fearful, you know, of the threats that the United States represents. And mm. also all the, because it's not only about the economy, uh, it's also they are using a lot of subversion, trying to, to promote changes inside the society. It's also, yeah, it's different. It's a different type of wars that the country has to face. So in the middle of a socioeconomic uh, difficulties that has been worse because of COVID-19 and people in satisfaction about, you know, it's hard to find food, it's hard to find medication, then they profit from that, trying to, you know, to subvert the government by paying, you know, paying people, some people paying group to express dissatisfaction mm -hmm. and to try to promote a social, you know, instability. Yeah. It's very hard. It's very hard the situation that the country is living right now. And I think everybody should be aware of that. Yeah. Um, and especially around the, the information war uh, currently yeah, being uh, waged on Cuba. Yeah, with, um, what was it, Radio Free America, right? Mm. Um, and before that, of course, they used to just hire uh, gangsters to just shoot at Cuba's coast and uh, shoot up, yeah, coastlines. Um, they can't be that uh, explicit or obvious anymore. But, of course, yeah, the, the undermining still continues. There is, yeah, a, some, a real twisted um, uh, propaganda um, looking at the availability of the Internet in particular, in Cuba, which um, yeah, a lot of media outlets try to portray it as, oh, well, Cuba doesn't let its people have access to the internet when, no, it's the US that's refusing to lay a cable mm -hmm. to provide wider access to the internet. Which is especially funny, given that uh, the, uh, in the UK, towards the beginning of the, uh, the furlough scheme, when people were sort of being yeah. told not to go to work and things like that, there was suddenly an outcry of people going, well, that, well, I, I'm only being paid X percentage of my regular pay packet. I now can't afford to internet. have the internet and my children yeah. therefore cannot learn. And it, it, yeah, it's it's always funny how these things come back and go, oh, actually, no, we're, we're terrible at this. We are projecting all of our inadequacies. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that, yeah. That it's your own true. inadequacies. Yeah. However, uh, the, the introduction of internet has been massive in the massive in the last uh, in the last five years in Cuba. Mm. For example, when I moved here uh, to to the UK, 
I, I was not able, well, I was calling my, my house by phone, no? I was using actual international call. So today, in the last two years, I have been using WhatsApp because oh, now everybody nice. has data on the phones in Cuba. And Brilliant. before Cuba started introducing internet with Wi-Fi parks, where people used to go to the park, sitting benches or even in the floor to try to connect. Yeah. And then after that, Cuba introduced data and people now have data in the phones. So the use of internet has been growing and growing and growing. And that is good because people are more informed what is happening outside, but yeah. also has been used as a, another way of promoting a war against Cuba yes, by yes, subverting yeah. people. Yeah. So yeah. Lying to them. A, yeah, a proliferation of, proliferation of they call alternative media mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, projects <laughs> yep. projects that that is good that is fine so the problem is when those alternative media are paid by the usa or i pay through programs that are trying to subvert the cuban government and that is that is if public information if you go to the project that has been you know paying in cuba are millions and millions devoted to promote rights, human rights and civil rights in Cuba from the United States, a country mm. that doesn't respect themselves, human rights and civil Absolutely rights. Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. Again, projecting inadequacies on to, oh, Very don't clearly these, these people do these horrible things. Please look away yeah. from all of the things they, like that that we are doing. They, exactly. they give people houses. They give people houses they don't even have to pay for it. Unacceptable. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that. So it's fair to say, and also the internet in Cuba is widely open. It's not like, for example, in China, no, you have yeah. internet, but yeah. it's, an in, it's an intra intranet, actually, because it's yes. inside China. So, in yeah, Cuba, great, it's not like that. You can, just, yeah, you can just go and visit uh, whatever you want and review yeah, the CNN, news or go to YouTube for... Many, there are many YouTubers now, even in Cuba, that now are broadcasting every day. I'm Which is fantastic. Yeah, would really love to actually. That'd be cool. Fantastic. Uh, so if so, if we're going to go to the last couple of questions, um, they are the big ones. So uh, in in terms of what can we learn from this, basically, uh, so how can we outside this campaign um, support the sort of ongoing uh, Cuban revolution? Yeah. How can we, as uh, well, not comrades, but at least show solidarity to uh, the Cuban project and the Cuban people? I think one of the main things, we were talking about that, about something related before, it was about the big silence in the media about Cuba. And when you see the media, most of the time it's about, you know, pointing to Cuba for something that is polemic or is a misinterpretation, or it's not a misinterpretation, but it's, it's, it's half true yeah. in a way of, you know, a, blaming Cuba about something. For example, yesterday I was reading in a, a titular a title in a newspaper saying 
Cuba start a massive vaccination without ending a phase, a phase three trials, for example, which is not true mm. because Cuba is not doing massive vaccination. Cuba is doing a sanitary intervention uh, taking for taking a base on the fact that the, the the candidate has proven to be safe, so not not adverse effects, and that in phase two they show a good response, even when they cannot still quantify the whole response because they will come from phase three. They know that offer protection, some protection, and they are safe. And given the situation that Cuba has in, you know, the increasing COVID-19 cases in the South African variant circulating now in the population that, as you know, is very contagious, mm. uh, they, they are doing a sanitary intervention. So based on that, so not adverse effect, some protection, let's start vaccinating the vulnerable people to protect them. Uh, that is the idea, but it's not massive vaccination, and Cuba is not saying that they already have the vaccine. So it's a way of misinforming people for blaming Cuba about, in this case, not following protocols, which is not true. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, of course, you know, countries like the US would never abandon protocols to do with, oh. you know, medical research or anything like that at no. all, would they? Of course. Uh, no, no sorry. No, but 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 even if they do. Uh, that is not right. Yeah, Medical exactly, protocol yeah. have a, they need to be followed. And mm. Cuba is following them. It's just that in this case, given the cases, is doing a sanitary intervention because even if the vaccines, they prove that instead of 80, 80% 80 of protection, they offer maybe 50, there is some protection for mm. these yeah. people that are vulnerable, especially if the, if the candidates are safe. So, yeah, so that is the way. So the, the truth of Cuba is misrepresented or is just neglected completely for not acknowledging things that where Cuba has an advantage uh, uh, compared to other countries or in things that Cuba has done well, for example. So saying, uh, informing the public about the truth about Cuba is important, but also explaining explaining why things are the way things mm. are. For example, the case of medical cooperation, pay cooperation, so how and why, in which conditions, and why is not a slavery, that is just an example. Or now, for example, I see, sometimes I, I go in meetings, to meetings of socialists or communist people here in the UK. And uh, I hear what they say, but coming from a country that is socialist or is trying to build the socialism in Cuba, because Cuba is not socialist, we are in the construction of socialism, but at the same time facing hardships and economical sanctions that preclude the country to really be what the country could be. So the country has to adapt and to take measures that probably are not ideal, but they need to be implemented in the, in the way of surviving. Mm. and offering people, you know, alternative solutions. So maybe the measures could not be seen as socialist, pure socialist or pure communist, but you need, you have 11 million of people there that you need to take care of, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah you need to that. think. And then you need to explain people 
Why? So sometimes I know about groups, socialist groups that are upset. Cuba is not socialist. Uh, oh my God. Um, but things like that. Well, no, Cuba is socialist, but at the same time, Cuba is a poor country with mm -hmm. economical, financial, and commercial sanctions that need to survive. So they need to adapt and find solution because Marxism is also about dialectic. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly it's, what I was going to say. So yeah. it's not a fixed theory where nothing moves. Things, mm -hmm. things move. And you, do, you have to guarantee people also a way of living and, and cover the basic needs of people. So it's, it's about that. I think yeah. the, the best way that Cuba could be helped to, 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 to explain to tell the truth, to inform people, and, and to denounce. In the same way that we denounce the aggression to Palestine, that is terrible what is happening right now mm. yes. between Israel yeah. and Palestine. And Venezuela, we need to support Venezuela against the aggression from the United States. Yeah, In the, the same way, to... also, we need to be there and, you know, to fight for, for, for Cuba. Um, Vali, if I was to say um, I want to support Cuba monetarily, what's the best way to support Cuba monetarily without um, getting myself in trouble with the, the feds in America? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think one way, and I have offered that to other Cubans uh, trying to do campaigns, is mm. that you could implement campaigns for example, for specific things that are needed in Cuba. And through the different ministries or even through the embassy, there are, there are needs that have been identified. So, and those things could be sent to Cuba. You don't actually. Cuba will benefit a lot if you actually come buy the things and send those things uh, to Cuba. Uh, oh, that is what... Yeah, some some people are doing. Like, I mean, uh, for example, there is another group that is called Beside Cubanos in UK. There is this big group that uh, is integrated by by British people that is called Cuban Solidarity Campaign. Oh yes, that is the other thing that they do. They also buy what Cuba needs and send those things to Cuba. Sending money is very complicated, hmm. and sometimes doesn't solve the problem because, as they say, you send the money to Cuba then Cuba has problem buying things anyway, because mm. need to buy things in China or in, in whatever. Mm. Better, better so, to send the materials than the, the means better, to buy the materials. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's better to send the material. If, if you have me here, I have many contacts, because I come from the scientific pole, and still I work with my, my colleagues in Cuba. I, still, I, I am here in the UK. I am a lecturer at Aston University, so I, I work as an academic. Still, I sustain a scientific project with, with Cuba, and I have all my contacts from, from, from the medical field, but also from the scientific field. And that is the way that we have been, uh, you know, uh, taking or lead, leading this campaign, contacting Cuba to know what they need. And then we are doing that. So because it's not buying for buying, it's buying for solving problems, problems yeah. that needs to be solved there in Cuba. Mm. So it's better to ask and then to direct the force to, to try to help them to, to solve that specific problem. Fantastic. Right. Yes, that's a great idea. And I'm, in fact, I'm seeing in the, in the country where I am, 
Um, I, I see there's a lot of uh, like yeah, donation drives and um, markets, which um, they often... I, I, I offer the same help to my fellow Cubans in, in other parts of Europe. I can help them to, to, to be in contact with uh, even with the Ministry of Health or with BioCuba Pharma. That is the enterprise that um, where all to where uh, to where all the scientific center belongs to. So I think that is the the best way of, of doing that. Mm -hmm. Fantastic stuff. Um, I must say th thank you um, so much for speaking about yeah your your lived experiences with. Um, Marxism and um, socialist-oriented state, and indeed about yeah thinking dialectically, um, which I think is yeah idealism is still a very big problem with Western um, socialists wow. and uh, left yes. activists. <laughs> yeah, this idea of yeah. just absolute perfection, which can be mm. instantly achieved, is yeah. Yes, ideological Ridiculous. purity is uh, is is very um, tantalizing, but pragmatism yeah. sometimes. Uh... And that's why we've never achieved anything, right? That's well, that's why we've only ever achieved like social democracy and very weak, well, yeah, exactly. fragile social democracy at that, you know? And on, on that note, what lessons can Europe take from <laughs> Cuba? Because we really need the help. Lessons? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Lesson from Cuba will well, be very potential from me <laughs> to try to say that. I don't know. I think... <sighs> That way of adapting to solve problems. So you have a problem and you need to find a solution for the problem. So what is the best way to solve this problem? I think Cuba has been very good on that, in adapting yes. the moment to try to find solution. Even if things have not been perfect, because you see still we are struggling with economy and mm. we have been adapting the economy for, you know, we have, the economy has passed for many periods. So now it's another more that I hope this time to work. So, but he has, he has tried adapting itself to the time. Mm. That is one thing. And, and another thing is that he has never lost the capacity to be, to express solidarity and help other people, regardless how little Cuba had uh, yes, at, yeah. every, at every moment. For example, we don't give away the things that we do not how to say that in English we we we, we share what we have even yeah. if this is little yeah. we you know we don't give the same that we have an excess but yeah. we share everything that we have that has been the case with public health and medicines and there are there have been many examples in the history of Cuba helping Latin American countries and African countries of that. I think to be solidarium and kind is 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 something that everybody should learn. No? I think I, I mean forgive me forgive me for maybe uh, putting the putting an incorrect lens on this, but it, it certainly feels like in my in my limited experience, uh, well, it, well my experience in living in the UK um, compared to what you what you've been talking about recent uh, in this call um, is that. The UK, for example, uh, really has not had the same anywhere near the same experiences. And as a result, has sort of come to expect an awful lot 
uh, for itself without really having to effectively work for it or, or even question where these sort of goods and materials and, and all this process comes from. I, I think, I again, you know, I, I don't want to put too dark a note on it, but I think the, the, the various coming crises that will uh, inevitably arrive with things like climate change are going to force a lot of countries to start reckoning with the fact that, that they cannot uh, continue like this. And in a way, I hope uh, that that kind of presentation of um, not disaster, but that that presentation of crisis will force people to go, OK, we should work together more rather than the, the sort of hyper atomized and individualistic societies that we that we tend to have. Mm. No longer competing with each other, but working mm. towards a commonly held and mutually valuable goal. What a novel idea. Yeah. Mm. And I think, yeah, let me add something to the things. I, I don't know if you have to learn from, but I think that I value more about my country. I told you two of them. And the other one is to stand with the weak and with the, you know, with the people in danger. To be, to do, to, and to do not do concession. For example, Cuba even having problems. Okay, we have sanctions and we cannot access to the monetary bank or the, you know, the central bank. Mm-hmm. But still, that... They also have given us some freedom. So do, do not do concessions in the way to achieve things because you you know you have your ideal and you have your goals and to keep those things, you know. You know, if I explain myself to to be to be to have the courage to stand for yourself and to keep your your ideals and your and your goals, mm. despite the circumstances that, that you, you you could you could have. I think Cuba has done that, even when they have been passing for very bad moments. So we have the special period in in '93. So now we have another period of a lot of hardships, and despite of that, Cuba uh, stays, you know, holding the same principles and the same ideals. Uh, and I think that is very important. Sticking with your convictions. Yeah. yeah, sticking to your convictions, exactly. The, the convictions that liberated the country. Yeah, exactly. And that is, at the end, what is the best for the majority. That is the thing that preserves the social justice and, and the independence. Because, after all, we are a, a, a small country. It's not like the UK. So, we, always our independence has been threatened. So, mm. it's the way of preserving our independence. Yeah. Mm. What a beautiful note to uh, to end it on. To end on, yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. Um, well, it's it's been absolutely fantastic having you on. I I, I hope I I <laughs> I answer when you you certainly you know, did oh, oh, and be above and beyond. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've, we're <laughs> we're leaving with a lot to chew on here, definitely. Yes, as as is as is sort of the running theme now in uh, our sort of episodes that we've done more recently. Both of us come away having learned something quite profound <laughs> and having a lot to think about, which is always good. Uh, so, uh, really, yes, thank you very, very much for joining us. Yeah, sure. What... Um, is there anything in particular that you'd like to draw attention to? Uh, any particular movement or group? Well, we are, we are still holding our campaign, so our yeah. campaign is still active. We hope we can send another shipment of syringes to Cuba. So if you can help, please help. Absolutely. Any amount is is good. Doesn't matter whether it's a small or big. Uh, a small money is also good money. And that will also be a good help for Cuba. 
So. Yeah. And the address for that, of course, is uh, support dash exactly vaccination. Support vaccination.org. Yeah. Org. Yeah. Fantastic. Get donating. Um, yeah, excellent. It's um, coming along really well. Um, have you been in contact with um, the uh, folks from Blowback at all, the podcast that's focusing now on uh, uh, Cuba? No, not really. No? no. Well, they, no. Um, this is how I uh, l- uh, learned about your organization, actually. They, um, they're a huge podcast. And they... Helen, maybe. They... Who was in the podcast? Helen Jaffe. Uh, uh, Brendan James and Noah Colwyn Colwyn are the uh, hosts, and they're uh, they interview um, a lot of uh, Cuban folks um, about yeah Cuban history and uh, the. How is blowback? Blowback, blowback. I think blowback. Um, yes. Okay, blow blowback. Okay, yeah. we look for that. Hang on, I'll, I'll I can uh, link you their uh, podcast. But on their very first episode, they said please donate to support vaccination dot org. Ah, okay. Yeah, so they're already uh, they're already plugging you. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> but we'll do exactly okay. the same. Yeah, exactly. we'll make sure that yeah. you're um yeah in the description, and we'll um be uh, plugging you throughout the the uh, well the rest of the campaign. I'm, yeah, I was going to say I'm sure I can get a few people to uh, to nudge the to to nudge the link around Twitter a few times. Get that well. needle, yeah, moving. Exactly. Thank you very much. Excellent. Thank, thank you thank, very thank much. Thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for uh, yeah spending your valuable time with us. Uh, did hey, you, to... you have me here. If you need me, just send me an email. That'd be fantastic. I can help contacting other oh. people if you need. Oh, thanks so much, Valia. Thank you. I really <laughs> appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Have a great evening, and we'll talk to you soon. You too. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Thank and you send much. me bye. the link when you bye. have the postcard. Yes, we yes, will do. Yes, yeah, will I'll do, send yeah. it to via Twitter and uh, the email as well. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care. Bye. Uh, oh. should, I just, should I just do a quick wrap? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, okay, well, thank you very much. And thank you for listening to another episode of You Are Not Immune. Uh, it turns out another episode where, again, we learned something that we had very little idea. Well, I had very little idea about. I can't speak for MJC. At this uh, point, because... it's you are not immune to education. <laughs> like this is just and, free and schooling. It's just yeah. Well, I mean, why not, right? Yeah. Uh, and you could pay for it with us... a monthly donation of one pound to our Patreon. No, we don't have. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we we don't have a Patreon. Um, not yet. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, thank you very much for listening to to you are not immune. Um, it's been. Uh, another real kind of surprising episode um certainly has i hope you guys learned something i hope you all everyone listening learned something and please do if you can spare anything uh what was that address again mjc that is uh www dot of course um support s-u-p-p-o-r-t dash the hyphen you know the the not the underscore but the dash vaccination V-A-C-C-I-N-A-T-I-O-N dot org. I'll leave the link in the description as well, of course. Um, yeah, as I said in uh, one of my tweets, or our tweets, I should say, recently, um, the banks are very spooked by the, the term Cuba. Mm. Um, and if you try to send money through quite a lot of accounts, um, either in the UK or abroad, Including the word Cuba will get you, yeah, just a big X Flagged. saying no, yeah, yeah can't do this, so, or they so might call you. 
So try and avoid that. Yeah, so there is um, a second option down at the bottom where it says bank transfer from outside the UK. This is um, a direct transfer to uh, Valia's account. Um, and yeah, she adds it to the total herself. I've done it and I've seen my total um, be added to it. So yeah, you can trust. Absolutely. You, you can be sure. That's the that's the Yanni pod promise. Yes, that's the Yanni pod promise. Ding! <laughs> All right. Well, something new, and you may or may not be horrified by it. Yes, and speaking of being horrified by it, our next episode will be on uh, Portuguese fascism and colorblind colonialism. Ooh, can't can't say I'm not excited for that. (laughs) On the classic lusotropicalism, which is in of itself the wankiest thing you could possibly say to justify uh, racism and racial hierarchies. We, we just have this habit now where we do uh, like a, a, a terrifying episode and then a chill episode where we learn a lot of interesting stuff and then a really horrifying episode like the next the next time. It's uh, a yeah, <laughs> muscle confusion for your for your emotions, I guess. Yeah, just getting thrown about, getting tossed all around emotionally. Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks thanks very much. And remember, you are not immune. We don't fucking say that at the end of the episode. <laughs>